Good day, good day, Doc Spacers. You're listening to the Doc Space Startup School Podcast. Starting a medical practice in 2019 may seem like a dinosaur of an idea, but with the advancements of technology and the remote flexibility of care management, it's never been easier. Hi, I'm Dr. Mario Amaro. I'm a United States Navy veteran, a medical physician, and a health tech founder on a new mission to help clinicians rediscover their autonomy and bring back private medical practice. DocSpace Startup School is a virtual course that's built and designed to help clinicians navigate the medical practice formation process. In this podcast, we will interview some of the industry's leading experts in health law, design, marketing, finance, and tons of other exciting topics to help you better prepare to start and manage a successful medical practice. Welcome to the DocSpace crew. Hello, everybody. Our guest today is Robbie Fitzhenry. He is the founder and CEO at Always Creative, a professional design and content studio based out of Austin, Texas. Robbie is a veteran designer with over 20 years of experience, holding an extensive portfolio where he has worked with some of the largest direct-to-consumer tech companies. Today at DocSpace Startup School, he will help us learn how to build and design a professional identity, not a brand, and think through content creation for both the online and offline aspects of your medical practice. So everyone, welcome back to DocSpace Startup School. This lecture is going to be on design. Uh, We have Robbie Fitzhenry. He's he's going to be teaching us a little bit about design, uh, some of the design trends following, focusing on building a brand, looking at uh, design identity. Uh, Robbie, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, my name is Robbie Fitzhenry. I'm a 20-year graphic design veteran. Um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, in transition to Austin. And my primary emphasis are on brand strategy, identity design, and comprehensive uh, websites for clients of all sorts. Perfect. Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that I really wanted to focus on for this this kind of uh, topic was really to go into logos, brand, identity, Focusing on content, you know, fonts, different things that normally is neglected when it comes to doctors who are starting their practice. Online presence is really important, um, but specifically design to make sure that the content that you are creating is actually going to be viewed and is actually delivering the message that you want to um, customers or patients to be able to respond to. Um, so if you could talk a little bit about the process of looking at logos, building out that initial design. Sure. Well, I, I think the one thing about logos is people often consider, you know, if I have one great logo, that might solve everything. But really, a, a logo is one part of a larger system, which is your identity, and it's your identity for your brand. So in a lot of ways, you would look at your logo, your color system, your typography, um, you know, everything about it, even down to the, to the way you style your photographs as your whole brand identity. It's an expression of your brand which your brand should be lined up based on who you are as an organization, what you strive to, to ultimately create, um, you know, why, why you exist, what, what you offer and how you do it differently than other people. And even the, you know, the, the attitude or tone in which you go about it, are you more of a premium level product? Are you, you know, democratizing a certain thing to make it more readily available? All these parts should actually contribute to this final piece, i.e. this, this logo, right? And so really the best way to think about it is a logo um, it is a reminder or a representation of your brand. And your brand, and simply put, 
is a collection of perceptions for your consumer. Yeah, you know, I, I see a lot of physicians that tend to not know, should I use just font? Should I actually have some type of image, which is an illustration within my logo? So how do you define, you know, or how would you know which one to, to choose? Well, a lot of the times, you know, it, it's, it's always based on trying to be authentic, you know, because we, we're bombarded every day with, with options and with, uh, you know, some sort of consumer promotion by this, by that. And the brands that actually stand out, the ones that people convert and go to are, are the ones that have clarity of message, that are authentic and genuine as to who they are, how they sound. Um, they're, they're unafraid to, you know, have a stylistic perspective and, and, and look a certain way. Or, and sometimes, you know, the whole concept of zig versus zag and zag when other people are zigging. Um, but really, when you think about type, you know, versus illustration or, or either, it, it's always going to be a representation of what your core goal is. If you really want to be more clean and minimal and to the point, then you can focus more on a type-based approach. But if you like being a little more expressive and you like to be a little more artistic, you want to be a bit of a more of a storyteller, then something like an illustration can go a long way. Uh, the other thing goes to, you know, photography. Photography is going to do so much for you if it's done at a really high level. So um, when you're thinking about your logo and if it's all type or if it's if it's having an icon, it's always going to really boil down to one core thing, you know, which is merchandising, right? So if you're if you're more specifically focused on getting your brand name out and you don't really need people to have your logo, say like the Nike swoosh. Um, and you're more about providing, say, a service, then you're less likely to need merchandise. I, right here for Hims, for example, is which we can talk about a little bit more in detail later, which the people are probably familiar. I'm never going to wear a shirt that says Hims, right? I, I don't need to tell people that, you know, I'm taking a multivitamin or something along those lines for hair loss. It doesn't make sense for me. But simple clarity of who they are and what their name is, it's going to work really well. Same goes with Warby Parker, right? Um, people don't want to have a billboard on the side of their glasses because it's unnecessary, but they would like to wear glasses that they feel good in, that fit them good or well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, that's just a really good way of looking at it. Now, if you're something a little more consumer-based, you want to have brand representation and you ultimately have a goal of having a singular icon that represents your brand, you know, then investing in a mark is a good way to go. Um, but it, it's, it's also something that should be done with care and, you know, it takes a lot of time to come up with a really great mark and yeah. And, and pairing type with that. So sorry for the long winded answer there, but hopefully that helps. No, it does. It does. And, and so I, I have a question regarding transitions, you know, some logos are created kind of just on the whim, right? Uh, there's not a lot of thought into it until the business actually starts to pick up and, and people generally, you know, transition to a more, you know, design identity or brand identity, because they actually found customers, right? So paid customers allows them to actually yeah. see other people. So can you talk a little bit about that transition? Sure. Well, a lot of what I do and what I've done for two decades now is, you know, working with people when they either start or restart, right? Um, they're, they're wanting to get their company going. And I always will say, look, the first 12 months is you figuring out who you are. We can try everything strategically to, to come up with a you know, clear understanding of who the company is and you should, but after 12 months, you're going to have a better idea as to who you are because it's not what you say, it's what they say. 
And, you know, with that, when you first roll out a brand, you want to be able to be a little nimble, a little pliable um, to, to modify what the company looks like and, and what you're doing and, and the story you're telling and all those things. Now, if you're an established company, you already have a brand, you haven't thought really strategically in this way yet, but you've decided, you know, I see the advantage that good design and good strategy has, and I want to implement that. But, you know, I've, I've, I've had the same logo for five years. There's a lot of different approaches. There's um, kind of keeping what you have, if it's salvageable, and then modifying it. There's what's referred to as evolution. So you would take what you have and you evolve it. A good example of this is going to be, say, the AT&T logo or the Apple logo, right? Um, the basic shape is there, but the way they fill it, the way they treat it, um, stylistically represents what's modern at the time. Um, that's a way to evolve. The other thing is you can do a complete revamp all, all the way down to a rename. And if you roll it out in the proper way, it's going to add it add an advantage to your company. Uh, a lot of people see design as, you know, kind of the icing on the cake when in reality it could be the whole thing, you know, the cake itself, right? Um, if, if you, if you suddenly rebrand with a big, bold new look, it, it often can tell the customer or potential customer, Hey, we're, we're so established and so comfortable in who we are that we are expressing ourselves visually. We are investing in our overall look and feel because we understand that that's important. And, you know, we, we have a better story or the smarter story or the story that we want to tell. And we've decided to do it. And here it is. So, you know, there's different approaches to all those things, but they all have their advantages. However, you know, you have to choose the right one based on budget, um, based on the equity that the brand that exists already has and, and making sure that whatever decision you choose has long-term, you know, benefits and doesn't harm the brand. So that's really the, the different approaches you could take. Yeah, I like the, the term that you, you mentioned, expressing themselves visually. You know, um, I think there is so much room and opportunity to really capture uh, local markets or even different patients just by really hammering that out, expressing yourself, you know, going online and creating something that is you and that patients can appreciate and see, you know, yes, this is, I like this design or I like this. It feels welcoming. It feels like this is a person I would want managing my care. Um, so I, I'm totally, I, I like that. I really do in, enjoy when people put some thought into what they, their online presence. I, I did have a question regarding what you mentioned when it comes to budget, right? So a lot of doctors may not have big budgets early on, but they still think I have to perfect it when it comes to my brand or my logo. Um, so we know there is a transition point. You, you've already touched on to that transition, you know, as far as establishing yourself and knowing in, until you're able to really build that brand, know what your brand is, you can, you can, you know, uh, transition later to a different type of design or rebranding. But what, what are some resources they can use early on to kind of start off and then be able to transition later? Well, um, so resources regarding inspiration or resources in, in the, the kind of start, um, on a lesser expense and, and scale as they'd like to. You know, th that, that's a really good point. Um, I would say both, you know, because sometimes we do need inspiration uh, if, if you really wanted to be different because, uh, you know, looking at some of the different things that you'll see, stethoscope, a heart, those are typical what doctors use for their logos, and that's not very creative. Yeah, and so one good example 
is Dribble, which is going to be, you know, a graphic design, um, web design, app design community uh, for a lot of people that like to, you know, just share things that they're working on. You can you can just see a variety of different options that'll pop up, and you can get some inspiration as to things that you like. More than anything, it's just taking the time to consider, you know, hey, I'm starting up a hospital or a doctor's office or a dentist or whatever it's supposed to be. You know, hey, what, what do I want to look like? What, what should it feel like? How should it, do I want more of this, you know, unique or kind of an icon? Or do I like things that integrate different elements like this hard and, you know, or do I prefer more of a floral thing? Whatever it may be, just going around and looking is going to give you an advantage as to where you can start to see what you like and write. This is more detailed, whereas this is more minimal. Um, you know, this has like a precise, almost lab type of a look, whereas this is an expressive illustration. So just starting to do some research, this is going to be a really good example. It's going to have some of the top designers in the world um, sharing recent things they've done, tagging them to make it super easy to search. Um, it's just a great way to, to look around. Of course, Google images is always beneficial. There's other proprietary things like Logo Lounge or, um, you know, things like that. A another really good one is Under Consideration, uh, which has a lot of variety of different branding. Um, but that's going to be the, the industry almost branding newspaper that is a daily read for people like myself. And so it's just, it's a really good site. Um, I specifically look at what's called Brand New. And so Brand New is going to have a ton of different brands that they roll out. And just that you mentioned, you know, what, what they took a brand from what it was before and what it became afterwards and expressing how they do things, right? Like this company having custom type that they make for trees to build a thing. Um, but when it comes to design things, right, you, you can, you can hard hire cheap if you need, you, I would always recommend like you can go to 99 designs or you can go anywhere you want and, and you can Google logo design. Um, you know, some of these, some of these web builders we even offer it now, but my suggestion is to just, Find someone local, set aside a budget, not how much do I want to spend, but really what do I consider this, you know, worth and, and present somebody with, to, with a budget. You know, if this can typically cost, say, five to 10 grand to do something really great, um, or even if you work with a huge agency, $25,000, $100,000, um, prices can vary, right, depending on the number of people, the size of the problem. But my suggestion is always to work with someone or a small team establish what your budget is to see the best way to break it apart and let the designer treat a budget as a design restraint, right? It's, it's part of the design problem to solve. How do I make something really great and high impact that establishes value for the client, gets them to a point of success and then further establishes our relationships so that as we continue to move forward, I can build upon this, grow it, or Hey, you know, even maybe start all over in two years when they, the budget triples, I, I'm not sure, but, there's a lot of different approaches, but it's always about relationship. Just like the customer, the owner of the business is, is understanding more and more about what their business is, a good designer, a good creative team, they're going to want the same. They, you know, they want you to be able, you should be able to call them and say, I need a postcard. And they're like, I'll work on it. And they know your tone of voice. They know your, the way your brand expresses itself so much that they can creatively step in and almost be like an in-house design team or designer for you. Those, to me, that's the best way to get good you know, solid design results. Um, so that's a, there's a lot of different options there, of course, but um, just because, and, and this is going to sound crazy and other designers may hate me for it, but just because you only want to spend, let's say 
$2,000 or $1,000 or, you know, who knows, right? There's, there's always this young designers that they could use the opportunity. And that's the, that's the, the cycle of this industry. You know, they need to build some portfolio work and, and, you know, that's, they're going to learn through, through the process. They might take a little longer. They might have some mistakes and may not be exactly what you want, but there's ways you can, you can change your budget and change your expectations and still have something. But at the end of the day, the owner of the company should always sit down and, and look at, um, who the company is. And there, there are plenty of ways I can explain how to do that as well. Yeah, no, no you, you're absolutely correct when it comes to giving someone junior a chance, an opportunity. I've, I've met quite a bit of designers that I felt had great potential, uh, even though they're starting you know, early in their design you know, uh, career. I, I, I think it's good to have that individual communication between a designer and that business owner to be able to talk through what they imagine or what they're kind of are thinking when it comes to creating their, their brand. Um, you know, we are a website builder. We do have one uh, that's integrated in our platform that does have an AI generated logo, you know, but again, it's there for those who want it, but obviously we want to help establish that brand identity early on. But if you're yeah. low budget, we have it for you, you know, but again, it's what, what do you need? We want to be able to do it all. So. And the, the, the trick, um, it, some, people, I, I, some people say it's a faux pas. I disagree, which is to say that you can set your logo and all your rear headline, headline and body text and all in the same font. If you really want something that's inexpensive, that looks good, focus a lot on a really good type, like a really good typeface, and even consider investing in it. It can be expensive, right? A custom typeface can cost um 250 to $500 right um it just it really just depends and that's just a typeface is aerial you know a font is aerial bold so um just think about think about that and, and you could you could just do a word mark in in that typeface and then use it as your headline font um or headline typeface whatever um and then then use that as a way to to build an identity in an inexpensive way since good type goes a very long way and i always say that if you remove all the imagery but you still have type it's still graphic design right but if, if you remove all of the text and you have you only have let's say a beautiful photo with a nike logo it's teetering on the edge of art uh, but if you remove that nike logo then it's just photography so really typography words themselves are crucial for good design or graphic design from a standpoint of commercial communication so yeah, the, the take, you know, when you sell a product, it's easier to highlight photography, design, art, and an online website to, to deliver that uh, image. But for physicians, when they're starting their practices, they kind of have to use people, right? And yeah. it's, it's harder to capture authentic photo. So you, a lot of doctors use stock images that are available for free online. Um, what are your thoughts and what are your, some of your recommendations to kind of still be creative and establishing a brand bowl, but while using different type of images? Well, again, using it, this is a good example. Unsplash is completely free, right? Um, you can use any of these photos. I believe commercial licenses and all, you can print them. And it has beautiful photos that people take, right? And they provide up for you to use. And these look less stock automatically because you're not buying them from something like iStock Photo 
or you know Getty images or something. Now you can invest and get really great stock photos, and they can go a long way. But it's just another one of those things, right? If if you once you see the power of really good photography, like let's look at Alto for example, right? Um, this is a little more of an app look, but you know once this isn't a hard photo to take. You can take this photo. It's it's not a, not a problem at all. Um, and there's like these are you can find photographers who who want to experience or experiment with the brand just the same. And but at the end of the day, if you want to use stock photos, use them. But just look at it and put your empathy hat on and say, does this look super stock and super phony, or does it look authentic? If you're thinking from a place of authenticity, you're going to find something that's going to go a long way. Why would that matter? Why, when it comes to when a patient or even a regular consumer sees a stock photo, how does that change perception? Well, I, it's really, it goes back to that key word of authenticity, right? We often forget that we're human beings selling to other human beings and that as human beings, we have certain instinct responses, right? Or instinctive things that we do. You don't want a friend who is different every time you see them or is inconsistent or is uncomfortable with who they are. And, you know, just this lack of genuinely understanding who your friends and family are or people you surround yourself by, it's important to you. To build a real relationship, you have to be authentic. And if it comes across as though you're being inauthentic, then we will react, naturally react that I don't really trust you and I don't know that I want to do business with you, especially with your, you know, you're doing something with my body, right? Or my health. Um, so it's just, it's a very specific subject, but the same thing in that, you know, we, I, I would like to have a relationship with a person or people that are providing my, you know, healthcare and, uh, well, and taking care of my well being, Right. So it's just making sure that you seem like real people. I would rather have a, a bad photo of the actual people than a good photo. That's completely like, if your office looks nothing like this, but you go to set office and you walk in, you're like, it looks nothing like this. That's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. That's when the downsides of finding stuff like on splash or stock photos that you are pasting. Cause I do see it all the time. You know, doctors post photos like that to go to an office. It's not in the same place as the photo that's on their website or, you know, maybe even a different type of patient. You only treat adults, but you have kids, you know, or, vice versa, you know, like there's problems when you, you have to think of it beforehand, like, is this really uh, identifiable to my patient demographic, you know, or my customer base? So it's it's really good that you point that out. Yeah. It's just, it's really just critical thinking. I mean, cause all the, all graphic design is at the end of the day is decision-making. I'm deciding to use this typeface, this weight, in this area, this size, with these words, with this amount of space on this background, at this size of a, you know, rectangle or whatever it's containing it, uh, with these photos, with this revised logo that's a bunch of decisions in itself, it's just decisions. And if you can do so from a place of empathy and taste combined, you're going to be successful, right? It's, um, it's people want to use people who give to pardon my French, but who give a crap about them and who care and, and who put a bunch of, you know, time and, and interest in, you know, putting, putting their company together and, and building a great experience. Um, and so it's just, it's things like that. And if you think that way, 
less of how do I squeeze as much money as possible out of each and every customer, they're going to sense that. Now, it's okay to have that from a design or like from a, from a company planning standpoint, how do we maximize profit and value? But if you're thinking, how do we maximize customer experience in order to decrease um, c- customer loss, increase customer retention, and then you know, establish a more competent long-term plan for our business, right? It's just, it's just the same thing. It's just asking the right questions and never stopping asking those questions and continuously evaluating. So decision-making, right? That's all it is, decisions. Going off of that, how would you go about, you know, from, from this perspective, you know, how would you get feedback from your patients uh, or anybody really, you know, the design of what you have to make sure you're able to make improvements over time? I, you know, build, build a relationship. And, and once you come in and you can tell they're friendly and say, you know, we, we really appreciate your business and we, we are continuously working so hard to build the best possible experience for you. Throughout this process, were there any specific things you saw that could be improved or were there certain things that you really liked that, that you think we should maybe um, focus in on a little more? You know, wh- what are the things that you like? And, and, you know, you ask that to the right people and you ask it in a genuine, or genuine uh, you know, authentic way and people will respond and they'll tell you. And then, if, it, again, it's not what you say, it's what they say. Once you hear what they say enough, um, you'll start to know, oh, people don't like us because you know, we're a dentist office. People like us because we're incredibly friendly, super clean, and they love our modern furniture and how comfortable it is. I don't know, right? But it's, it's always unique little things, these little tiny things that people will respond to that you may not even have thought about, right? That um, having, uh, we, we joked before, but walking in and saying, oh, could I offer you a glass of cucumber water while you wait? Like, sure, that sounds fantastic, right? And it's inexpensive and it would be such a premium thing to do with very, very minimal amount of effort, but the person automatically is going to feel almost like royalty for, you know, a little tiny experience like that. And it's all these value adds. So um, (laughs) I hope that's a roundabout way of answering that. No, great. It's great advice, especially, you know, those small little tidbits that you mentioned, right? Those, that cucumber water, like you mentioned, it can go very far. And especially if you're constantly reassuring the patient, you know, um, would you like it? Would you like something else? Would you like something else? Or, you know, are you okay? You know, those different things like that uh, do definitely go a long way. Um, Robbie, can you kind of walk us through some of the design client experience that, uh, you know, clients normally do experience at Always Creative? Sure. Well, everything we do is it's always about strategy first, right? Um, it's thinking through these experiences and, and, and saying, okay, like, let's say you're a dentist office, right? Like, are you really a dentist office or are you a, you know, customer service company that happens to also clean teeth? You know, like what, what, what is it that you genuinely are and, and how does, how is that going to impact the rest of the company? So it's really thinking about foundationally what a company is in order to build a brand, um, that, that makes sense and stands out and feels genuine and then build an identity around that. that that's really the, sim- the simplest way to explain what it's all about. And, and from there, you know, once we have a defined look that we know is exact, if we don't do that exact look, we will, we will partner with those people um, to, to bring the, whole, the full visual system to life. Um, and I'm saying illustrators or photographers or whomever in order to get that as close to exact thing that it should be there. Because again, with any decision or set of decisions, it's always going to result to this one basic 
destination. Like I, I always feel like there's, there's this grand truth about any company that's there and my job is to reveal it. Um, it's not, not to just, you know, create some fake story in order to sell a product. So really that's what it's, it's about thinking strategically and then becoming a storyteller and then thinking visually and artistically. And then at the very end, right, you're, you bring it all together by being very thorough, very systematic and, um, and, and detail oriented. So where everything is buttoned up and perfect and you deploy across whatever mediums they're doing. So from the interior decoration of the office to the, the signage, to the, you know, customer handouts and, you know, working with you guys on rolling out websites and, um, any of those types of things is just at that point it's production and planning and it's, you know, just deployment. So. Um, can you give us like a timeline on generally how long this normally takes to build that initial brand identity? Sure. Um, I've, I've noticed over, you know, two decades, really good branding, really good design for, for logo can take, you know, 30 to 40 hours. And about how long to be able to go back and forth because, you know, with that, within that 30, 40 hours, there is a lot of back and forth with a client, right? Um, they may have some tweaks, other uh, suggestions. Maybe it's not the type of uh, type that they wanted or the font that they wanted, the colors. Um, you know, from your experience, how does that generally work? You have to consider what your budget is because, you know, just spending 30 to 40 hours or 50 hours or who knows, right? Um, it's always about first figuring out what you want, the full scope of work, working with a designer and, and, and thinking how many iterations do I have? Have you, you know, looked at their body of work? Do you trust the person you're about to kind of go to war with, right? And you have to, same thing, back to that same word, right? Have a relationship with them. And, you know, the iterations that, I'm the type of person I commit when I take a project, I'm, I'm particular about who I work with because I want to make sure that it's a good relationship fit. Um, and then once, you know, once I know what the goal is, I'm thinking less about hours and more about, you know, um, going so far that, that I, I just, I hit it on the head. Right. Um, that that's just the goal. And so if, if you get to a point where you have a relationship and you want to build and build and build, you can just make revisions and, and you should hopefully have a relationship or a detailed contract that covers what those costs will be. Yeah, sounds a lot like uh, the goal behind what we're doing with physicians is to build those relationships and, you know, really not focus necessarily uh, on each individual type visit, but more on the outcome, the general outcome of improving that patient's health. So there's a lot of similarities there. Uh, Robbie, uh, again, thank you so much for, for, you know, helping us out and talking us through design, brand identity, logos, and, and different tools to really be able to, to tackle, you know, this kind of big question mark that a lot of physicians don't really understand. Um, would you mind just kind of reintroducing yourself, letting people know how to find you uh, if they ever wanted to uh, hire you? Sure. Uh, well, you can find me. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter at R-O-B-Y Fitzhenry, F-I-T-Z-H-E-N-R-Y. Um, you can also find me the same on Instagram should you want to follow my random personal life. But you can email me, roby at alwayscreative.net, or you can always visit alwayscreative.net to see some of my work as well. Thank you for listening to the DocSpace Startup School podcast. Please check us out at startupschool.mydocspace.com for more video lectures and product demos. 
And don't forget to join the DocSpace Startup School Community Slack channel to engage with other clinicians going through their journey of starting a medical practice.